0: The it's Trump guess that the, the, I like that. It's a hilarious idea. And the whole John Barron and he used to call people magazine and, and claim to be his own publicist. That sort of stuff. Yeah. But the New York Times says they know who it is. So, oh, yeah, they're not going to fall for a Trump impersonation. Yeah, We appreciate the uh, thought. But, yeah, um, my mom's guess is she sent me an email. Rob Rosenstein, the, uh, the oh. appointed The guy who appointed the special counsel, the acting attorney general for this part of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's not impossible.
1: Yeah. I'm thinking somebody who obviously has an ax to grind is probably not it. Really? Yeah. But that gets back to, I don't know what the hell they think they're accomplishing by blowing the whistle on their own covert efforts. (laughs) I don't know. So uh, quick uh, round the horn stories uh, that we haven't gotten to because we've been talking about that we brought up the whole generation z heads to college thing yesterday and uh the i generation all right there is a rather a long discussion in this otherwise excellent piece in the uh san diego union tribune about Generation Z, uh, researchers are also debating what the new generation should be called. Well, stop debating it and get back to researching. The it's a dumb debate.
0: The only reason I like iGen <laughs> is because I think growing up with the Internet does actually make you different.
1: Jack, Generation Z is preferred by some. Others have suggested the name Homelanders, a nod to the post-9-11 era. Oh, God. Plurals, the most ethnically diverse generation in U.S. history. And iGen,
0: okay, with all your due favorite. Res- with all due respect, diversity and 9-11... Those pale in comparison the way your life is different because you're growing up with uh, the Internet and social media. Yes, true.
1: So uh, anyway, uh, this piece goes on to point out the enormous pressures on all of the colleges in the California system. They focus particularly on the San Diego area of the uh, many thousands of kids that are turned away every single year. The children of taxpayers. California State University system turned away 31,000 eligible applicants last year, while the UC system did the same to 10,000. And, you know, not only that, but um, I know a couple of people who were literally at the top of their class in high school with extracurriculars. They're just stunningly capable students who could not get into the UC of their choice, um, which just uh, flabbergasted me. Um, and did
0: you guys uh, cover, because I was gone Thursday, did you guys cover the Harvard thing? No, I don't think so. Where the Justice Department says, yeah, you're discriminating against Asians. Oh, and, yeah, and that, well, we brought
1: it up briefly.
0: And, and that could be a huge deal. Mm-hmm. Because at the point that you say, well, we're not letting in Asians because there's too there's too many smart Asians. Okay, so now it's not just white, it's... You're just actually—it's—it it, you're going to discriminate against some minorities because they're doing too well. Sure. So you're just willing—that so changes the whole rules. At which you point you the, have to
1: admit it's about culture, not color. Right. Right, yeah,
0: it blows up the whole premise of it's all set up for white people to succeed, and so we need to change the rules. Okay, well, Asians are succeeding.
1: If you want to make the argument that it's important that we uh, have more graduates of various cultures, then, to help heal their culture, because the legacy of whatever, slavery or whatever, that's an interesting discussion, I'm willing to have it, but go ahead and level that that's what you want to do. But so they were
0: actually discriminating against Asians at Harvard, and have been Mm -hmm. for years. Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, it seemed pretty clear. Yeah, I read some of the, the, the suit, and oh, yeah. So you're clearly. some
0: Asian kid working your ass off, super smart, and you can't go to Harvard because they think
1: there's too many Asians. That's ridiculous. Right, right. Because you don't have round eyes or dark skin. Wow, that's, that's progressive. Jesus, makes me crazy. Anyway, so uh, a lot of taxpayers are, are pissed off that their kids can't get into state schools because their kids are qualified and they're paying taxes and the rest of it. And they're talking about UC San Diego being just jammed, and they're they're building dorms and facilities as fast as they can. They don't have enough professors. I guarantee you one thing they have enough of, administrators. <laughs> anyway, that's an old bitch of mine, and I'll move along. Um, and then, uh, so they get into that, then the post-millennials, and the argument over what to call them, which is a silly, silly argument indeed, although we ought to all know what we're talking about. Well, we gotta agree on something. Yeah, broad agreement. The tens- we're running out of letters, right? So what do you do after Generation Z? Double A. Oh, okay. It's like the rows in an oh. auditorium. Gotcha. Or in my wine storage facility. Really? Yes. You have a row double A. Yes. For your wine it's through double D, I believe. So that's more than twenty-six rows, obviously. The double D is where we put our larger breasted wines. <laughs> it, was a, it was a stupid <laughs> joke, and I hope you'll forgive me for it. <laughs> Uh, There's broad agreement that tens of millions of people began to reach adolescence roughly between 07 and 09, grew up during the techno revolution that saw the rise of, you know, all the social media, uh, media. Um, I I, I was somewhere the other day and the very, very smart person running the thing kept referring to mediums. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. Anyway, Um, media. And the iPhones, iPad, Android fans, Snapchat, uh, etc. The cell phones and tablets linked everybody together, etc. So today it's 95%. Half of those people say they're online almost constantly. The Zs began entering college between 2013 and 2015. Now they're taking over campuses. And says a psych professor at San Diego State University and the author of the 2017 book iGen. It's the most stunning, sudden generation change I've ever seen. That doesn't surprise me. I empathize with university administrators and faculty. They thought they were finally figuring out the millennials. Now they have a new generation to deal with, and there's quite a generation gap. Scientists and marketers describe the Z's as deeply compassionate people who are very accepting of a person's gender, race, and sexual orientation. That's clearly true. They're intolerant of intolerance. And they also label everything they disagree with as intolerance, and they're incredibly ideologically rigid. That's my own interjection. They're also, getting back to the uh, researchers, they're also less independent, less self-confident, less optimistic than millennials. And they are in no hurry to move from adolescence to adulthood, often delaying such rites of passage as getting their driver's license, getting a job during their high school years. Uh, they're the- dating <laughs> later. They're highly concerned about their physical safety, their emotional well-being. And yet, highly they're little concerned. hitlers when it comes to ideology.
0: Highly concerned about your physical safety in the safest time there's ever been to be alive as a human being. Yeah. That's that's something. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. If you could go back 100 years or 1,000 years and tell people, in the future... When it's safer than you can even imagine, that's when people will be the most scared
1: Mm -hmm. for their physical safety. I'm sure a philosopher (sighs) would explain why to you. Marketers say Zs prefer texting to talking to people in person. Well, I've noticed that. Um, uh,
0: Some of those, though, are are interesting choices that you can make dating later. The idea that you get to (coughs) choose to get a job later is uh, something that we've crafted for them. Yes. I mean, because that just wasn't. Yeah, I, plenty of people throughout the history of mankind would have loved to start working later in their life. Mm-hmm. Just wasn't an option if you wanted to put food in your mouth and not be standing in
1: the rain. Also, uh, the obvious uh, texting, posting photos, playing games, streaming videos, et cetera, et cetera, and less and less reading. Uh, Peter Herman, who's a lit professor of literature at San... Uh, that doesn't mean he's, like, uh, ready for a party, a lit Man, professor. He
0: is, you had to get that professor. No,
1: that's... It, awesome. it's, it's actually short for literature. <laughs> at San Diego State says, They're not developing the capacity to read complex material. You can't understand the Bill of Rights or the history of race relations if you don't read. You will proceed in ignorance. The world is complicated. It's not a simple YouTube video. I'm sorry, I spaced out. TLDNR. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Uh, let's see... Um, Oh, oh, and then then we come on to my favorite topic, free speech and civility, which I alluded to earlier.
0: Every generation thinks the next generation or the younger generations are going to ruin the world and are vastly different from them. And they're generally wrong about that. But this whole Internet age, and I only agree with this because I've seen it the change in myself. It's changed me. It's changed me, and I had decades of you know uh, being planted in a certain sort of environment mm-hmm. before it came upon
1: me. Right. And it's changed my ability to pay attention for very long. God, if you grew up with that. You are the animal that's always lived in captivity, these young folks, mm-hmm. um, as it were, in terms of survival skills. Uh, Del Dixon, who teaches uh, poli-sci at the University of San Diego, who I'd love to talk to about this, said, we talk about religion, we talk about race, we talk about gender, and we've never moved beyond the bounds of civility. Um, People aren't afraid to be challenged. They aren't afraid to get out of their comfort zone. But that's not the case everywhere, and that's not the case as much anymore. Uh, Last year, uh, UC President Janet Napolitano, the system worked, who is a crook and a fraud, created the National Center for Free Speech and Civic Engagement because she was concerned about the spread of political violence and speech suppression at the nation's campuses. Well, she got that one right. The system worked. Then they mentioned the epochal, the fabulous uh, piece in the Atlantic in 2015 by uh, Greg Lukianoff and Jonathan Haidt. Um, Which has been turned into a book. It has, and I will uh, hungrily read it. Uh, quote, a movement is arising, undirected and driven largely by students to scrub campuses of scrub campuses clean of words, ideas and subjects that might cause discomfort or give offense. They get into the snowflake characterization. That's
0: um, well, all over the world because we had that example in Great Britain of they took down that Kipling poem that it was the, the most treasured poem in all of English literature for 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 100 years. And now it's not allowed on a college campus because Kipling said some semi-favorable things about colonialism. That's right, yeah. Which is crazy.
1: Yeah, yeah. It is absolutely crazy. And then they interview a couple of college students. And again, I wouldn't want to be quoted when I was in college. I thought oh, some God, dumb stuff. God, no. But they're essentially saying it's not that we're intolerant of boards we don't like. We're intolerant of people who don't respect the, you know people in general and blah, 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 blah. Okay, all right. See, that's the same thing, my darling. You think it's disrespectful to disagree, you know, as uh, the great what's-his-name said back in the year something or other. Um, I have it on the desk. I like it so much. I really need to get more sleep. Um, never never let me make the mistake of believing I am persecuted when I'm merely being contradicted. Oh. That's, uh, That's a Ralph one. Waldo Emerson, I believe. That's a paraphrasing, but you get the point. Should have uh, named one of my kids Waldo. It's a you, good name. You went with some good old timey names, which I uh which I appreciate. Um and then they mention, as Jack brought up before, um they're getting much more intense about my major has gotta get me a job. It's gotta be an applicable worky, worky major.
0: Yeah, which is fine. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I think maybe we swung too far the other direction for a
1: while. Yes. Well, every society... Yeah, Ralph Waldo Emerson, let me never fall into the vulgar mistake of dreaming that I am persecuted whenever I am contradicted. And y'all snowflakes think you're always being uh, persecuted. If anybody dares challenge you. Unsafe. Grow up! I'm feeling unsafe. All right, fine. I triggered you. Aw, blah, blah, blah. What was I saying? The the, the major thing. Oh, yeah. Every society veers between, you know, uh, overly harsh and tough and then overly soft and self-indulgent. And then it veers back again when something crazy happens. and I think the same's with college majors and a lot of them.
0: Anybody normally into the NFL that's not gonna watch as much this year head in that direction? Because we're feeling that and it might just be us. I don't know. I don't think so. Our text line 415-295-KFTC. NFL comes back tonight with a two-minute Nike ad featuring Colin Kaepernick. America haters, unite. (laughs) Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong
2: and Getty.
1: The conscience Of 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 the nation. Armstrong and Getty
0: show keep on, keep on Soldier, keep on okay um yeah so we talked about the op-ed in the New York Times a lot today and I don't know It'll be interesting to see if uh, the name comes out at some point.
1: Uh, it will. I think it will. I mean, just like old uh, Philip Klein was it, who wrote Primary Colors, took a while, yeah, uh, years, but uh, yeah, well, years, won't. At which point nobody'll care exactly. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Eric Wemple in the Washington Post with a two-fisted uh, a beating of the the incredibly celebrated New York Times anonymous uh, opinion piece about Trump's unhinged, et cetera, et cetera,
0: um, Unhinged is a word that comes from Amorosa. her tell-all book. It actually book. comes from doors,
1: Jack, in the way they're attached to the frame.
0: <laughs> and I had the numbers, i have to bring them up, but her
1: stupid book, which huh? we announced it was stupid at the time. Right. Um, Remember, I said there is no overlap between people who want to read this <laughs> and people who can read None
0: <laughs> and I and I and I said it's gonna sell zero copies it's it it sold like a couple hundred copies I mean it really nobody actually bought the book and it's just you know I don't i I don't understand the world of publishing I mean, your dad was in publishing maybe he can explain it um I don't understand how these people get advances for these books that don't sell
1: Swing and a miss. Is that what it was? Yeah. It's like you think, uh, you know, Band X is going to be great and then their records don't sell.
0: I'm anti the resistance from people who make millions of dollars off of books, period. Comey, Omarosa, this person with the op ed piece, whoever. Don't wait until you get a book deal and then get your tour lined up and come up with the dust jacket you like and get your $3 million advance before you tell us how dangerous the world is in the moment we're living in. Right. If it's so freaking dangerous and you're such a patriot, tell us right now for free.
1: Yeah. Yep. So uh, Wemple says reporters have done a remarkable work, uh, done remarkable work over the past couple of years documenting how President Trump's cabinet and staff have freaked out over his incompetence, he says. And he gives a bunch of examples, uh, Don McGahn, Robert Mueller, NBC News, Rex Tillerson calling the president a moron, you got Bob Woodward, heck, even sloppy author Michael Wolfe of Fire and Fury fame said 100% of the people around him, they all say he's like a child. So there's not a lot of fresh news value in the fresh op-ed published Wednesday by the New York Times. There's an italicized preamble hyping the piece, which he then quotes, Perhaps the New York Times op-ed managers missed the approximately 10,000 quotes from anonymous administration officials raising questions about Trump's capabilities, not to mention some on-the-record comments as well. For instance, Rob Porter, former staff secretary, told Woodward, felt like we were walking along the edge of a cliff, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And and, uh, then he says, you know, the whole 25th Amendment thing, which was kind of newsworthy that cabinet members discussed that early on, whispered about it. Did the op-ed op-ed pages editors work their sources to firm up that contention? In what context were they whispers? What are whispers? Emails? Water cooler discussions? What do you mean?
0: Yeah, I would. That's that's a very good question. Um, for the New York Times, uh, I think most people are, agree that it was okay for them to print it. But yeah, you, should you press the person on? So did you all get? call a meeting, get together, and discuss whether or not to invoke the 25th Amendment? Or did somebody say it once and say, yeah, yeah, I don't
1: know, might have to, who knows?
0: Right. With that, the total of the discussion...
1: Wemple goes on to say, listen to certain cable news precincts, and the shock value of running anonymous op-ed becomes clear. Quote, an extraordinary thing just happened. MSNBC's Chuck Todd said, sleepy-eyed Chuck Todd, sleeping son of a bitch, (laughs) said at the top of his daily show. He called the piece unprecedented. So what, writes Wemple. Like most anonymous quotes and tracts, this one is a PR stunt. Mr. Senior Administration Official gets to use the distributive power of the New York Times to recast an entire class of federal appointees. No longer are they enablers of a foolish and capricious president. They are now the country's most precious and valued patriots. In an appearance on Wednesday afternoon, the president pronounced it all a gutless exercise. No argument here. Wow, so I don't know this Who's this guy's act. Eric Wempel is the uh, media critic for the uh, Washington Post. Which is, is a as, media critic. Which
0: is, as Trump hating a newspaper in general, as there is in America. Yeah. but um, He
1: focuses on the cable news industry.
0: Right. That's really interesting, though, his take on that. My, my first thought was that it was gutless. That was my initial response mm-hmm. to the anonymous thing, was that it was gutless to not put your name on it and stand there and, and say, this is who I am, and this is why we're doing it. But it, it is, I like that angle, and I think, I actually think it was Rachel Maddow came up with the the... A lot of Republicans are getting beaten up for You're going along with this You say something You need to have courage And this person writing this Gets to recast them as We do have courage We're working behind the scenes We're very brave patriotic people Who are fighting just uh, anonymously So quit calling us out and calling us cowards
1: We're not anti-everything We're for the stuff that's popular But we're anti the unpopular stuff
2: All right, great What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, the no-not-me line is getting longer in the New York Times op-ed scandal. We've got fireworks at the Kavanaugh hearings
1: today and more bad news for Facebook. And the person who caused Donald Trump to run for president. It's come out.
0: The direct motivation. Wow. On the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. factoids of the day all around the op-ed piece in the new york times right. one we learned oh, I earlier of a
1: good factoid
0: a senior official according to the new york times there we learned earlier there are 900 people that qualify as senior officials at any given time so 900 that's a lot of people okay uh, the other interesting factoid was since the 25th amendment was mentioned in the article apparently people went to googling the 25th amendment and for a brief period of time yesterday afternoon It was the most Googled term. uh, Supplanting. Kim Kardashian is the most Googled term, like for the first time ever. Since 2004, when Google started keeping track of of search trends. That's unbelievable. That's
1: unbelievable. Come on back, dinosaurs. Humanity has had its (laughs) run.
0: Kim Kardashian's the most searched term all day, every day since 2004, (laughs) except for a
1: brief period yesterday. When it was the 25th Amendment. There are quite a few amendments, nobody knows how many. And that's not even the best one.
0: And then today, people are searching on, what does Kim Kardashian think of the 25th Amendment? So she's right back up in his
1: butt center. She's got like another meeting with Trump about a different prisoner she's trying to to let go or something, I think. Oh, who motivated Trump to run for president has been disclosed, and I am persuaded by it.
2: Okay.
0: Why, Why are all these people Googling Kim Kardashian? I can't begin to imagine. Google her name and see what comes up. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Boobies. Well, there you go. (laughs) Yeah, well, there's lots of boobies on the internet. You don't need to Google her. Yeah, but I don't know the names of them.
2: (laughs) There There you
1: go. I think (laughs) they're not named individually, generally. (laughs) <laughs> Let's get the uh, the news now with Marsha Phillips.
2: Well, the list of those 900 uh, senior Trump officials who are denying they wrote an anonymous New York Times op-ed piece outlining the resistance inside the White House is well, you growing. Gotta, you,
0: you got to ask 900 people, as we just found out.
2: Yes, and we're working through that list. So far, they include the ones who are denying they had anything to do with it, Secretary of State Pompeo, Vice President Pence, Director of National Intelligence, Dan Coats, and now Secretary of Defense, Mattis. They are among That's proof
1: that they may have done it.
2: They are among the officials who say they did not write the article. But not the voice I was hearing in my head. As I
0: read it, I was hearing John Kelly's voice for some reason.
1: Hmm.
0: I was wondering if it was him, Chief of, chief of Staff. But I he, know
1: you've I'd, been hearing voices for years. I don't so. think he's the sort of guy that would do that. I don't, I don't think he would Oh, no, do that. no, no, no. He's a man of honor. No freaking he would, way. He would resign. Right. Hey, another uh, factoid from history. Yes. In the final paranoid days of Dick Nixon's administration, when he was trying to figure out who is leaking this, that, and the other, right? he demanded that everyone at the State Department and maybe on the National, I can't remember, one other body, uh, be given lie detector tests. I think it was the National Security Council. Yeah, that may well be. Yeah. He demanded everyone be given lie detector tests, um, and they didn't have enough lie detectors. They yeah. were like gathering up all of the polygraph machines in D.C., and starting to run people, <laughs> through, you know, lined up outside the office. Wow! Yeah, yeah, That's crazy talk
2: Yeah. Democratic Senator Cory Booker of New Jersey says he is going to make public an email from Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh dealing with racial profiling, even if it puts him at risk of being expelled from the Senate. I'm going to release the email about racial profiling, and I understand that that the penalty comes with potential ousting from the Senate. He's calling it an act of civil disobedience, Booker said. Wow, he is desperate to claw ahead of Kamala Harris. Booker saying he wants to expose that some of the emails being held back have nothing to do with national security. Now, Republican. Fire him out of worn Nikes while I made that statement. Republican Senator John Corden of Texas said of Booker's action. That is irresponsible and outrageous, and I hope that the senator will reconsider his decision. He read rules contemplating expulsion of senators for violating Senate confidentiality rules, and several Democrats promptly said in response, bring it on.
1: No, oh, it's a constitutional
2: crisis. There you go. That I don't understand. California DMV. California DMV is now admitting employees may have mishandled, oh, about 23,000 voter registrations. Ah, what are you going to do? DMV said Register it,
1: illegals. That's what you're going to do.
2: DMV says it sent the Secretary of State's office incorrect information for some of the many voters under the state's new motor voter law. The errors mostly affected customers vote by mail, language, and political party selections. So the DMV said it'll be sending out letters to affected voters so they can go ahead and correct their information. So, uh, So what was that list? the uh, it
1: was vote by mail okay language right. and political party selection they mishandled them what does yes. that mean that's disturbingly vague one of the explanations a i saw it's
2: a third world banana republic one of the explanations i saw were apparently there were facilitators and toggles and and widgets that were incorrectly handled. Yeah, and, they and all the union to...
1: members registered everybody right. as a Democrat. Right.
2: And they co-mingled information.
1: Yeah, there's a shock.
2: Hey, fewer Americans these days are signing on to Facebook. Got a new survey shows 26% of U.S. users have deleted the Facebook app from their cell phones over the last 12 months. That's something. A Pew Research Center also found 40% of the adults asked said... They're taking a break from checking the social media website for several weeks or more.
0: Well, the bloom went off that rose fast. I mean, you know, all you had to do is hear a, hear a little bit from insiders, including the top guy. And you realize this isn't all fun and joking around and pictures of my vacation.
1: And connecting with old friends. Right. I'm being exploited.
2: One last note. Controversial former Alabama judge filing a $95 million lawsuit against British comedian Sasha Baron Cohen. Former Senate candidate Roy Moore claims he was duped into appearing on Cohen's Showtime series, Who is America? The complaint alleges fraud and defamation of character after Moore said he was lured to D.C. to accept a phony award for supporting Israel. The lawsuits also naming CBS and Showtime for airing the episode, which features the disguised Cohen demonstrating a fictional device to detect pedophiles. And as he moves it toward more,
1: it starts beeping. That is uh, defamatory. Whether it's legally actionable, uh, clearly parody, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. $95 million suit.
2: Moving ahead, it looks like. Natural news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation.
1: Squawky might be the senior uh, administration official who's blabbing. <laughs> you don't know. I
0: think it's interesting that the Washington Post took so many digs. Oh, yeah. Both on the cable news and in their paper about, you better gotten this right.
1: Bit of a catfight between the WAPO and the failed New York Times. So it was one event, it was one revelation, it was one person that motivated Donald J. Trump, real estate magnate, to run for the presidency. And I'm buying it. Hmm one person's opinion, but it rings kind of true
0: I thought I knew what it was, but maybe I'm wrong. Stay tuned for the petering out coming up
1: on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation.
2: Strong and Getty Show. Every impression seems to have a signature impression. For me, it's John Madden. Uh, I love it when he explains things that you already know. He'll say things like, uh, you,
1: you, "You need to see <laughs> because it, it, seeing is important. And if you can't see, then, then you then you then you don't know what you're looking at." I miss Pat Sumrall. Pat Sumrall, the greatest voice of all time. Never used it,
2: though. Just did those little phrases and thank John Madden for everything he said. Guy be running down the field, he could paint a beautiful picture, but all he did was that, those little phrases, that, to the 20, to the 25,
1: there's the flag on the play. Hey, at the referee, if he throws the flag and he didn't make a mistake, then there's probably, there is probably going to be a penalty. Thanks, John. <laughs> and i'm sorry who was that that's... uh frank caliendo oh that was frank caliendo okay he's good yeah he is good. at fat uh, yeah the people
0: he's the best at are like um, almost all dead and gone but
1: yeah you know. that's the hazard of the gig <laughs> you want to hear my president nixon <laughs> so michael moore fat delusional progressive filmmaker has made the startling claim that Gwen Stefani was the reason Donald Trump ran for the presidency. Okay. Diminutive, blonde headed, perky pop songstress. That's her name? Yes, there? she sang this song. Might as well turn it up a little if we're going to play it. Nope, it's too late. <laughs> turn it off! I guess make it stop! Holla! Can't stand it. Uh, so. She's now with
0: the country sensation.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, right. What's his name? The big fella. Old sexiest man alive, dude. Yeah. Shelton? Yeah. Is that his Keith name? Keith yeah. Shelton. Yeah, the uh, judge. It seems like uh, to be a charming guy, too, on the TV, but who not, knows? Not Keith. It'll come to us. Blake. Blake Shelton. Blake Shelton. Blake exactly. Shelton. That's his name. It's clearly his name.
0: Anyway. I broke up with Miranda Lambert. All
1: right. We're never going to get through this.
0: Now she wants to shoot him and burn him, apparently. <laughs> he is truck or something.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Michael Moore alleged in an interview with The Hollywood Reporter that. When Donald Trump learned that Gwen Stefani made more money as a coach for NBC's The Voice than he did on The Apprentice, that he organized his infamous Trump Tower campaign announcement as a way to show NBC he was more popular. He'd been talking about running for president since 1998, but he didn't really want to be president, Moore told Hollywood reporter, there's no penthouse in the White House, and he doesn't want to live in a black city. Let's, please, he lives in New York City, Michael, you fat idiot. But anyway, he was trying to pit NBC against another network, but it just went off the rails. A White House spokesman did not immediately respond to People Magazine's request for comment. So, Mr. President, did you run for president because of Grand Stefani? So Michael Moore says that it was a lark.
0: To prove that he's a bigger deal than Gwen Stefani,
1: right? Because he was butt hurt or or unhappy that she was making more,
0: and then to to play it out, I suppose, because he immediately shot to the top of the polls to a lot of people's surprise and stayed there the entire time, except for like a one week blip when Ben Carson was above. Mm. But shot to the top of the polls immediately, and then I'm not saying I'm buying this, but this is the way it would play out. Shot to the polls, and then you then you'd go with it. Why would you? Why would you pull the plug on it at that point? Sure, I'm leading in the polls. Yeah. Yeah. Wonder how long this will last. Well, it turns on it last clear on through election
1: day. And perhaps till 2020 or beyond <laughs> that. Yeah.
0: I don't know if that's true or
1: not. Man, right? I'd love to get inside his head someday and, and and understand that, you know, the answers to those questions. Was he ever serious? How serious? Et cetera, et cetera. We'll never know. What do you think when he got elected? We'll
0: never know because there's a lot of stuff that I think only he knows and he ain't going to say.
1: Right. About all kinds of different decisions. I well, still predict he's going to find a reason not to run in 2020. Arnold running
0: for governor. Remember, he was on Kimmel or whatever show he was on Fallon. He was on one of those shows. Oh, it was Jay Leno. He was on a Tonight Show with Jay Leno, and he made a joke about running for governor, and then some people like responded, and he just kind of went with the joke, and the next thing you know, he was running for governor and was governor.
1: And as it turns yeah. out, that was a joke.
0: <laughs> but that is the way that started.
1: Yeah, yeah. Happens? Yes. Yes. There's a similar
0: story yes. to how uh, Barack Obama got into the whole health care thing. Somebody brought it up and people cheered real
1: loudly at a gathering. And he said, yeah, well, we should uh, redo that. And then so just, okay, sure. And then they just went with it. Well, and of course, legendarily, Barack Obama was way behind in the po- polls uh, running for senator until his opponent disclosed, uh, was forced to disclose that he'd forced his wife into sex orgies and then dropped out of the race. <laughs> The twists and turns of history. Yeah, I know. it. <laughs> well, and if some of you are actually terrified uh, by the Trump presidency, and uh, although I think it's a psychological trick you're playing on yourself mostly, but, um, you know, if it ends up in nuclear war with North Korea, well, that'll be a hell of a twist. Hell of a twist.
0: How could you not have, after everything that's gone on, including yesterday's op-ed thing... All these unprecedented, this hasn't happened before, oh my gosh, can you believe we're
1: here moments. What Cory Booker's trying to pull right now? You yeah.
0: can't have an, you have to have an abnormal ending, right? One way or another, <sighs> a normal ending wouldn't fit the story.
1: Well, yeah, what do you mean by ending, though? Because the world won't stop. So the Trump the party presidency will go on. story. Ah. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah. If it's have. been unprecedented from day one, then you got to have an unprecedented ending, I think.
1: Well, yes, I would agree. My prediction is, and this would be uh, fairly unprecedented, although LBJ was kind of like this uh, Trump uh, essentially dropping the mic, saying, I've been the greatest uh, president in history. Look at the economy. I've done my job. Now I have uh, other things to do for my company. I never told you I was going to spend the rest of my life doing this. And he'll uh, opt out of the 2020 race. That'd be something. Yeah. And now final thoughts
0: with Armstrong and Getty. Engage. Is <laughs> <Here's> your, <host. laughs>
2: get your host, Joe Getty. So, uh, Captain Picard there. Hey, uh, Marshall Phillips, what's your final thought? Well, you may notice, gentlemen, I'm wearing my handsome Panama hat for new hat. new round of Radio Ranch photos ladies check me out armstrongandgetty.com one handsome fellow L- ladies check me no, out it's, it's not a dating site <laughs> wow. come on now wow gigolo marshall L- ladies
0: check me out sean what's your final thought positive sean yeah a little Germa health update for you guys uh, apologies for working your corner here marshall but if you're at the uh-huh. airport the dirtiest place in the airport is the security bins at the tsa line be very careful yeah Ugh. they look dirty Mm. I don't know why people just put their shoes in there all the time. Right, <laughs>
1: oh. y- Yucko.
2: Hey, uh, Michelangelo, what's your final thought? I'm following breaking news, guys. John Frankel, a doorman at the Department of Measurements and Standards, <laughs> may be the author of the op-ed piece. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> So. <laughs> Frankel, you a backstabber, <laughs> doorman at the Department of Measurements
0: and Standards. That's funny.
1: Jack, uh, do you have a final sh- thought you'd like to uh, share
0: with us? Yeah, I have no problem with anybody it, that's still fully into the NFL. That's perfectly fine. You know, choose your entertainment. But it's just—it's just interesting to me that the many years, decades of my life, where there's not a chance I would have missed the opening game of the season or opening weekend and not watching oh, no. it. Not a chance that I would have known who the favorite is and all the players and teams. And now I'm just. I, I won't watch anything until the Super Bowl, Times change, I guess.
1: My final thought is actually an email from a beloved listener who sent along the disclaimer for the Krispy Kreme donut app. Now, why you would have that app is beyond me. I guess you get free coffees and stuff if you do this, that, and the other. The disclaimer for the app is 15 pages of legalese. For the
0: Krispy Kreme app.
1: For a get-a-free donut-after-you-buy-five app. <laughs> Wow. Lawyers have ruined this great country.
0: And we've allowed it. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday.
1: So many people who thank so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com for the articles we talked about in the books and what have you. If you want to email us, arm uh, I'm sorry, it's mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com.
0: God, you could probably write a whole book on that Krispy Kreme story right there. Yep. See you tomorrow. God bless America.
1: This is... Uh
2: And we really hope you forgive us for what we've done.
1: Thank you, and good
2: night. (laughs) The show's
1: over. What? Bye-bye. Don't touch me again, man. I'm asking you not to touch me. Armstrong and Getty, the voice of the West.